Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. No matter where you are in the world, I'd like to welcome you to Whose World Is This? with Junior Renee Beaubrun. If you are a new listener, I'd like to welcome you to this ongoing conversation. If you are a returning listener, I'd like to welcome you back to this conversation. And again, like I usually say, thank you once again for lending me your ears. We are now in our, this is our 44th episode. Um, this is season three. I think it's episode 18 or 19. I'm not entirely sure. When I post it, I'll, I'll number it. But I know this is our 44th episode. It's very interesting. Um, started this ongoing conversation in February of 2021, February of this year. Here we are in October of this year. A lot has happened. Even in that short span of time, it only takes a moment to change everything, right? But um, before we get started, like I usually say, definitely rate and review and subscribe to this show. If you are just listening to this show or if you've heard a couple of episodes and you've been along for the ride for a little while, please, I encourage you to rate the show on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, if that's where you are listening to it. You can do it on your desktop or on your phone. Rate the show. That gives it a little bit more visibility. It's an easy, quick, and free way to get this show to grow. I am looking to monetize this show. Why not, right? That's hence the reason why I'd like it to get more visibility, but that's not the only reason. I feel, and many, many people out there that are listening to this show have told me, they appreciate the perspectives. They appreciate it. They don't necessarily have to agree. Agreement is not a prerequisite to enjoy something. Guess what? It isn't. Sometimes things can incense, inflame, and provoke you, but yet you can still find it entertaining. You can still partake in it. <clears throat> excuse me um so please definitely if you're listening to it on spotify i guess follow it i don't think spotify has a rating system yet i don't know uh google podcasts there's a certain number of people that are listening i've checked the analytics people are using amazon podcasts or google as well but definitely i'm noticing that it's spotify obviously and apple that are the primary uh, that are that I'm getting the most downloads and listens from. So if you're on Apple <clears throat> podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, say a little something. Great show! Exclamation point. That'd be the best one. Or June is illuminating, educating, advertaining, all of that. Yeah, it's all good. Use as many superlatives and adjectives as you want. I um I'm fine with that. I'm cool with it. Before we get started, I'd like you guys to definitely um, check out OneLaVie.com. That's where I go and get my vitamins and minerals, my Minanuka honeys, my traditional honeys, uh, my cognitive capsules, get my brain and all, all those neural synapses firing off on all cylinders so I can, you know, rattle off and rant to you some more. <clears throat> Excuse me. And definitely go to Chavez House Publishing on Amazon. Go to Amazon. Go to the search box. Type in Chavez House Publishing. Chavez is C-H-A-V-E-S, House Publishing. There you will find an array of books, notebooks, an array of journals. 
you will find the Essential Self-Publishing Success Blueprint, which is a blueprint that I've been using to actually write my first book. And I've neglected to mention that book in the last couple of episodes. My apologies. Definitely check it out. The Essential Self-Publishing Blueprint. It's available. I'm using it as a step-by-step guide to help me publish, write, and publish my first book, which will be out, hoping, next year, first quarter. I'm not going to give away the title yet. We'll speak about that stuff later on down the road because it's still a work in progress. So I don't want to do all of that as of yet. It's my first book. It's a little daunting, but it's something I've been wanting to do, and I'm going to do it. Um, So definitely, onelavi.com for your vitamins, Chavez House Publishing on Amazon for for your books, and, and, and all those other great things. Check me out, whose world is this, 2-1 at gmail.com. If you have any criticisms, uh, kudos, questions, concerns, whose world is this, 2-1 at gmail. Or Instagram, you can DM me and follow the page at whose world is this, 2021 on Instagram. <clears throat> okay, now today, what am I going to call this episode? If you guys have been listeners over the last three, four, five, six months, and if you've been along for the ride over the last 40 episodes or so, you know that I like to have a working title, and the things that I speak about throughout that particular episode always harken back to the title, just to keep me consistent, because if I don't do that, if I do not do that, and if I am left to my own devices, and I'm just speaking, that could turn into something totally different. I can just go off on tangents. And some would argue that I already go on tangents regardless of the little small little structure that I've created, which which is interesting because if you guys have been listening to the last three episodes, it was sort of a series about money, money, how we view it, how it's used for and against us, how much money makes us happy. Does money buy us happiness or does it buy us options, et cetera, et cetera. So the last three episodes have been about money, money being the root of what dot, dot, dot keeping it going as an ongoing conversation. And while I'm speaking to you at this moment, it just dawned on me that I went from the Bible and Timothy's quote that money is the root of all evil and, you know, transversing into sorrows. And I went to Mesopotamia with the the 5,000 years ago with the Mesopotamian shekel. And and I just realized that, am I saying too much? For my audience out there, for the people that are listening to this conversation, is that too much? Because I just thought, because we're having this conversation, but I'm not doing this to hear myself speak. This is for us. So I started, it dawned on me just now, how many places I went with the last couple of episodes. Within a sentence, I went from, the Bible to Mesopotamia to the shekel and evil and is evil a construct and morality and is that too much? Am I doing too much as they say? Or 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 is it are are we okay with it? Are we okay with it? Because these are the things that are already rattling around in my head. So what you guys are listening to, you people out there are getting a glimpse of just how my mind works if I'm going on a walk or if I'm if I'm on the phone with a friend or am I having a conversation with a friend? This is how my mind works. Especially the closer you are to me, the more these conversations will, will, will occur and I will just delve into them. 
So my friends know me for this. But, you know, for you out there, and um, I've listened to other podcasts, and I'm saying, they don't, a lot of them don't do this, what I'm doing. Is it because this doesn't work? Or is it because they can't, or they don't choose to, or they feel maybe they may turn their audience off? Because I just realized the spectrum that I covered in one episode and I bounced around and I found, I tried, at least I attempted, I don't know how effective I was at it, but I, at least I attempted to bring that all to a head. And I could have gone further down the rabbit hole. As a matter of fact, in every single episode that I do, I could go way, way further down the rabbit hole. However, my objective is to create a conversation where people, whether they're uh, in middle school, high school, as well as well into their uh, adulthood, can can carry on, can 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 keep up. And I don't want to say keep up in a condescending way. Just so you know, someone in high school may find it intriguing. They may not understand everything, but they go, you know what? That's interesting. I'm gonna look that up. I'm gonna. And then someone who's well into their adulthood can say, oh, yeah, I know that already. But that's an interesting perspective, or I never looked at it that way. Where I can bring many people to the yard. So I'm not saying I'm mainstreaming it or I'm rounding the edges per se, but there are certain tangents that I can go on, but they would just, I don't know if they would fit the objective, which is to sort of at the end of each episode, make it cohesive. Because at the end of conversations that I have with friends, it's not necessarily that I bring it to a close. It's like a movie. A movie, you know, from the beginning, it's a race to the end. From the beginning, they're trying to get it all neatly packaged so then they could wrap it up in a nice neat tight little bow right before the credits roll and then boom the end and this is sort of like that you know there are going to be some open-ended questions like i said i'm not here for answers i'm not here to give answers but what i am but what i am here for oftentimes is to maybe provoke streams of consciousness and, and trains of thought maybe that have not been introduced or have not been entertained or have not been weighted before we have made certain decisions about certain things. So that's what this show is about. That's what this, these conversations are about. So it's not necessarily that I want to tighten it and, and tidy it up towards the end, but I do want to lay, leave the conversation with actionable things like the money conversation I had over the last couple of episodes. It was, it could be, it could be daunting for someone who's an employee and I've been talking about how <clears throat> the leverage that's being exerted upon employees now in the 21st century. And this has been a long walk to this place. It's been a long, hard labor struggle for over a century that has gotten us here for more than a century that has gotten us to this point. OK, but at least at the end, I was giving I thought actionable steps on how to reach out to their community, how to take advantage of the leverage that you may or may not that you may have in the marketplace as of today. So I'm asking I'm asking um, because I don't want to leave people hopeless, but I want to be accurate and I want to introduce exactly what's going on. It's almost as if you're um, watching a weather report I got to tell you about the 10% chance of rain or the 15% chance of hail. Yeah, it's sunny, but there's a storm front coming. Winter is coming, right? So 
And then it's, oh, but you can dress warmly, right? There are things that you can do. You can put snow tires on your car if there's going to be ice or snow or hail or inclement weather. There are things that you can do. So this is oftentimes, I'm, I'm thinking of it as some sort of societal weather forecast, right? Just kind of looking to see which way the wind, what's the barometer, what's going on. And I love this. I love this uh, uh, conversation for that. And I think that's what I'm going to call this this episode, just f- sort of free-flowing. I think about four episodes ago, I did a free-flowing episode where I'm speaking about I love this format. You know, um, as I'm looking to commodify this more, I'm looking to streamline it because I want this to be a stream of income. Why? Because it's something that I think I do pretty well. It comes natural to me. It allows me to be my own boss. It allows me to, uh, I get to dictate what I do or not do. Guess what? I enjoy the fact that I'm able to employ a lot of who I am while I do this. You know, when I was speaking about being an employee, oftentimes we're not allowed to be our whole selves at these jobs. We're cutting ourselves off for 10, 12, 10, 8, 9, 10 hours a day. And we're just using a part of ourselves. And then when we leave these jobs, we pick up all those other parts of ourselves and then we take them home. So you're constantly just using these little, little tidbits of you and you're spending a third of your life not being you. This show allows me to be a lot more of me than almost any other dynamic that exists in my life. You're, you, you guys out there are getting a lot of my truth. When you hear when you're listening to me over the last 40 episodes, if you want to know a lot about me without never having met me in the physical form or never have it, having heard or, or, or been on the phone with me or a text, listen to the last 40 episodes. You'll get an idea somewhere in there. No streams of consciousness. You'll say, oh, well, June is not just entertaining a perspective. That's what he believes. OK, I got that one. OK, you'll get me. How many jobs? can you say allow a person to be their whole selves not many you try as hard as you can to interject who you are into the marketplace i do that every job i've ever had every sort of thing i've done i've always tried to interject inject me as much of me as i possibly can i don't care if i was working in a custodial capacity i don't care if i was cleaning out air conditioning vents or cleaning toilets i've done those jobs by the way I've cleaned toilets, bathroom floors, air conditioning vents, and commercial spaces. Not the most glamorous job, but a necessary job. It's one of those things you don't appreciate it until you realize someone hasn't done it. Right? Oftentimes you walk into a, a commercial place and you go, ooh, this bathroom is so clean, it's sparkling. No, no, no. You just use it. You expect it to be clean. But when it's not, when it's not, all of a sudden it's all hell is broken loose. But to get back to what I was saying, I am enjoying and I love the opportunity to employ all the things, a lot of the things that I am, which is someone who thinks, someone who doesn't mind being confrontational, but also uh, uh, conscientious. I don't mind being a bit provocative. I don't mind being caustic. I don't mind being sarcastic. I am an optimist by nature, but I am also a pragmatist. My optimism is not is is based on real life factors. 
Um, my optimism is based on the powers that I feel are at um, at the employ of each and every last human being, me included. So my optimism is based in reality. I don't have what I call false hopes. I don't allude to delusions. You know, I'm, I'm not a man of faith. I'm a man of fact. That's the four-letter word that I subscribe to, unfortunately. That's just who I am. So for me, wh when I speak in hopeful and optimistic terms, I oftentimes have actionable steps in place because I don't just let someone else drive my car. I don't say let somebody else take the wheel. No, no, no. I don't do that. That doesn't work for me personally. Works for some other people. But for me, because I'm a man of fact, not a man of faith, I tend to put actionable steps in place. I'm a pragmatist by now. I look at things. I go, wait, I'm solution-based. Okay? So with that, that's why I enjoy doing this particular particular uh, show. I was talking to a friend of mine, and um, we've been having some lively discussions about the money episodes. Go back to those. As a matter of fact, if this is your first time listening um, um, go back to, go back to season one, episode one, the Genesis, just so you can get an idea of what I want this show to be. I think the ethos and the mantras of what this show, what this conversation I want it to be is embedded in the first episode, in the first two episodes. I can't remember what the second episode was. I think it was New York state of mine, mine, because I'm from New York city originally. So I was just speaking about how I see New York. Right. So, um, I just heard a little popping. Is that all right? Is this still going on? Okay. Um, so yes, with that being said, um, I want to talk to you guys about, uh, about a couple of things. First off, what are you guys doing for this holiday season? How are you guys going to approach flying driving we've had such a tumultuous uh last couple of holidays last year there was talk of how are people going to get along at the dinner table based on their political uh divisions that have occurred husband against wife parents against children certain children are saying i'm not going over my parents house for this holiday season etc regardless of what you believe your your belief system as far as the holidays are concerned you may subscribe to the idea of a thanksgiving or not you may subscribe to an idea of christmas being a religious holiday or not it's not what i'm saying i'm saying that regardless of what you subscribe to you're probably going to be off from work and school and or school right you're going to be spending time with family there's probably going to be food at the table and people coming to visit what are we going to do about that with everything that's been going on last year it was to trump or not to trump to biden or not to biden and now it's to jab or not to jab i would really 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 like uh, no sorry I would love, <laughs> although we're still in October, I would love for this holiday season to be a time where people can speak about these things without being incensed, 
without indicting people who don't agree with us at our dinner table. You're going to need your family. We need family now more than ever. A lot of people have lost their jobs based on their stances. Oh, yeah. A lot of people are overworked that have decided to stay at particular jobs, whether they were coerced into doing so or whether they just made a decision and said, I'm making my own mind up. I've made up my own mind. But now they're going to be at jobs where they're understaffed due to the, a lot of the dynamics. <clears throat> they're overworked, understaffed, underpaid and underappreciated. Never mind that talk about our healthcare workers and we salute you essential workers. They've been saluted to the unemployment line, many of them who've abstained from certain mandates. That's how much they've been appreciated after being on the front lines all that time. So let's let's cut out the appreciation. They're overworked, understaffed, underappreciated, and underpaid. That's what's going on, and that's what's going to go on in a lot of sectors during the last quarter of this 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 year. Okay, during the holiday season and many retail situations are going to look to to rebound from what's been going on from last year to this year. And they're going to look for great numbers. You know, a lot of companies, they make their money now after, quote unquote, Black Friday or Green Friday or whatever we're calling it now, that Friday right after Thanksgiving is where a lot of companies are going to try to make their money between November 27th or whatever and December 20, whatever, 6th. They're going to try to make all of their money. Within, a, within, within 30 days, money that they lost all year long, they're going to try to rebound in 30 days <laughs> what they missed out on in 330 days, <laughs> okay? So there's going to be a rush. People are going to feel the rush. You're going to feel the stress. The holiday season oftentimes brings a higher suicide rate. It brings higher this. It brings higher stress levels. All of these things. It would be nice. This is going to be an ongoing topic over the next couple of episodes. I'm, I'm trying to ease us into this holiday season. I'm easing us in. We spoke about money. We spoke about this could possibly be a watershed moment for employees to exercise a certain amount of leverage into the marketplace where they can get an increase in their hourly wage, a decreasing in how many hours they're working. And possibly in certain instances, maybe even get certain equity splits in the company, not in just in the in the form of stock options and things of that nature. Uh -uh. Where it really makes a dent in your in, dent in your uh, bank account and your way of life and your quality of life, not just a Pizza Hut gift card. Sorry to keep going coming down on Pizza Hut. But I remember one time I worked so hard at this job. I was the sales rep person. I made so much bread for this company and they gave me a gift card for a, a, a movie they gave me two free movie tickets and a pizza hut gift card i made this company over fifteen thousand dollars more than they made the month before and that 15k is directly attributed to me they made more that I had a peripheral contribution in, but I made that company $15,000 more. I got two movie tickets and a Pizza Hut gift card. So with all due respect to Pizza Hut, I needed a little bit more than that. Know what I'm saying? After that money I made, okay? that All of that didn't total $100. It didn't total $100. It didn't. 
the gift card didn't total 100 and I'm pretty sure they got those gift cards and those movie tickets for free. Probably some promotion at those that, that Pizza Hut and the movie theater was running with with my company and that didn't cost my company anything even though I made them more money. I moved the needle. But anyway, so I digressed. What I um I really want us to start prepping. Prepping now preparing for this holiday season it's been tumultuous because i remember last year and i remember 2020's holiday season um i remember a lot of things that were going on during the first holiday season and i think it was 2016 when donald trump was first elected donald j trump was elected and i remember um friends of mine needed counseling you know there was the hr departments at certain jobs was having counseling ceremonies, uh, counseling sessions for, 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 for people that felt so dejected and traumatized. Um, people were calling me saying it's over. I can't believe this is happening, June. What happened? I couldn't believe people were so traumatized. I was like, what happened? What's wrong? And it started from then, the dinner tables. But it started during the Obama administration. 2008 was rough. I remember a lot of things were going on. I was living in South Florida at the time, and woof, it was rough for a lot of my friends that were Obamaites, right? And what was going on at their dinner tables. Certain, so for the last 13 years, 13 holidays, it's been a little rough. And it's, and it, 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 and it's become increasingly partisanal, increasingly divisive at these tables. And I don't think it should be that way. That's why we have this conversation that we have now. There are many people who listen to my show, to this conversation, to our show, pardon me. They don't agree with me. But they appreciate the takes. They appreciate the perspective. They appreciate how things are weighted how I give the weight to one side, how one side may feel, but, and, and how not everything is binary. Not everything is, oh, you're right, you're wrong, you're left, you're right, you're up, you're down. The nuances, we, we speak between the lines while we're reading between the lines, we speak between the lines, we walk between the raindrops. And we have these micro conversations and I may slip in a whole line in while I'm speaking just to give voice to a perspective that that needs to be injected in, in, in a conversation. When I notice it's getting too binary, I go, whoop, and I'll add something in there. My consciousness will tell me eh -eh, it's not that simple. Trust me, people. Often enough, it's never as simple as black, white, up, down, right, left wrong right it's 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 rarely that's oftentimes it's not so there are nuances you know my politics is extremely is nuanced you can't put me in a in a box with the left or a box with the right you can't put me in certain box you just can't i can't check a box if i go to the polls i can't, I can't just check a box and go yeah i'm down with these guys no way absolutely not it's, it's impossible but here we are. Oh, it's raining outside. I don't know if you guys hear that uh, that rain out my window. I hope it doesn't um, disturb the broadcast. Um, okay, but uh, we'll continue on. So what I want to speak about is um, I want everyone out there 
to love everyone else's opinion, to love your family's opinion. You're gonna need family. Some of you are out of work. Some of you need jobs. I think, as I've said before in the previous broadcast, we need community now more than ever. Now more than ever. Now more than ever. It's time to lean on your community. If you feel that your government is doing you wrong, if you feel that your businesses are doing you wrong, if you feel that your media is misleading you, the media misleading you, if you think that's what's going on, who you got? You have community. You have your friends, your family, the people that respect you, the people that value you. You. So they may not agree with you and you may not agree with them 100%, but you guys are going to have to come up with a great compromise, a common accord, a general consensus amongst you, amongst yourselves. This is important. This is important. I don't want to get into the whole, the powers that be want us to be divided, etc., etc. Eh, never mind that. But you're realizing now you're going to need your tribe. You're going to need the village now more than ever before. Many of you don't know what you're going to do next. I want you to start loving the perspective. If you are a pro super vaxxer, you believe that every single person, every man, woman, child, dog, bird, bee, tree needs to be jabbed. Fine. If you feel that, oh, if you go to the hospital and you're not vaccinated, even though you're not sick, but yet you got you were in a car accident and half your arm is hanging off because you didn't get vaccinated, you shouldn't be treated. So you want doctors to go against the Hippocratic Oath of do no harm. OK, but OK, that's your belief system. OK, me, if we have that conversation, I'll say something along the lines of, well, don't you think that may go against the Hippocratic Oath if the person isn't sick? or not exhibiting any symptoms of said virus and they're coming in with an ailment that will kill them, you know, like, you know, uh, arterial wound, like maybe they were stabbed through the heart. I think that's more pressing than whether they were vaccinated or not. I'm just saying, what do, what do you think about that? Oh, well, if they're not, vac you know, but I'm, I'm willing to entertain your perspective and I am willing to confront you on that. And create scenarios and hypotheticals. And I will give you as many what ifs. And we can still be friends. We can still be loved ones. We can still be cordial. I can still love you, respect you, and want the best for you after that. I can still eat at your table after that. That's what I want. And the people out there that are like, I'm not taking that thing. That thing is filled with fetal cells and this, that, and the third. And they're planting planting gps is in my brain i'm not with that or 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 they're saying i don't have enough information i don't think there's enough i don't think you should have did it but you did it fine i don't want to do it why because the vaccines that i took when i was a kid you can't use those as a as an argument because i was two years old <laughs> when people say to you oh well well you, you took all those other vaccinations you didn't have a problem with that yeah i was sort of in pampers didn't have much of a say you know and those vaccines were kind of around for the 30, 40 years, they had about a three, four decade track record by the time they were in my body. And I was in Pampers. My parents kind of took me without my permission because they took me everywhere without my permission because I was an infant. <laughs> 
most people haven't gotten vaccinated in their teens or 20s or 30s. Most of them got vaccinated when they were babies or adolescents. So when people use that kind of argument, you can you can make light of it. It's time. I'm right now. My main focus, as with almost every episode, every conversation that we have is about getting not to a place of of where we, we, we agree to disagree. It's not always about that. It's not always about that, but it's about finding that common accord, especially with those that, are, that we care about and those that we respect. If you are willing to go over someone's home during your off time, during the time where you are away from work and school and you're going to spend your leisurely time with them and they may disagree with you, their politics may be repugnant to you, I'm challenging you out there to exhibit a certain amount of restraint. You listening to me? A certain amount of restraint and mine, dig deep and mine your intellectual equity and see if you can't have a real life conversation over your sweet potatoes and your turkeys and your chickens and your hams and your collard greens and your macaroni and cheese. See if you can't come up with something. Put it out there on the table. Why not? If you can't speak to family about these things, who in the heck can you speak to them about? Definitely can't. You know, um, schools and work are not a safe space for you to speak about provocative issues right now. Mm -mm. I wouldn't suggest it. Not the way things are going. There's a level of, you know, in, in, in the in the pursuit of political correctness, there's also a certain level of auto and overcorrection that's leading to a level of intolerance of other ideas. And all of a sudden you get canceled because you may inject a certain uh, say, hey, wait a minute. But, you know, that seems to be OK. But um, uh, but this doesn't take Dave Chappelle, for instance. He's getting quite a b bit of pushback from the LGBTQ plus community for things that he said in several of his specials, including the last one that he did on Netflix called The Closer. But he said something that was very poignant for me. And he said this a while ago. He said, it's interesting that people want to cancel me for my jokes about the LGBTQ plus community. He said, I said the N word 5,000 times on my show. No one wanted to cancel me then. Matter of fact, they offered me $50 million to continue to say it. So there is a certain level of hypocrisy and contradictions amongst the political correct police and the PC peers and the people who are looking to police our speech and how we converse because there are so many other issues that haven't been addressed correctly and have been handled ham-handedly and clumsily by clicktivists, people who, and people in academia, and people who don't even look like the people that they claim to be advocating for. So there's a level of elitism and, and arrogance and myopia, myopia, however you want to use it, and hypocrisy. I see it all the time. Living in New York City, I've seen everyone's hypocrisy. Everyone. Mine, my family. I saw it all. You understand? People that looked like me who didn't look like me, people who shared my nationality, my didn't matter. So what I'm saying is that was one of the greatest educations I've ever gotten. There's no academic institution that has 
been more illuminating and more educational for me than just my overall life experience, just my my observations, my revelations, my experiences, just living and asking questions and being willing to entertain someone else's argument and someone else's perspective, no matter how repugnant on the surface it may be, no matter how opposed I am to it, whether I'm a slightly bit opposed or diametrically opposed. And I'm asking you guys right now, let's start. We're going to call this show like I love doing this or something along those lines. I think I'm going to put love in the title because I'm trying to inject that. Love the conversation. Love the fact that you get to actually test the efficacy, the strength of your argument and your belief system. Because somebody who you may be diametrically opposed to doesn't mean that they're 100% wrong. You may not agree. That doesn't necessarily mean they're wrong. You just don't agree. There could be some jewel or something in there that they say that weakened your argument. So that may mean your argument is not as strong as it is. Maybe you're not as right as you think you are, right? I always say that he who comes up with the best argument doesn't necessarily mean you're telling the truth. The best argument isn't always the truth. The one who's able to articulate the point the best doesn't necessarily mean they're being accurate. They're just great at orating and articulating what their belief system is. However, it's through mining these ideas, getting them out of our heads and getting them into getting them out in there into that that auditory ether, so to speak. Getting it out there is what we start to test it. We start testing it against other people. It's not just rattling around between our ears. We're, we're testing our theorems out there, you know, in real time. You say something and within a moment, a person is saying you're seeing their reaction and then you're hearing it. There have been certain things I've said and it sounded pretty normal when I thought it. And then I said it and it sounded absurd. I'm like, wait, what? And then the react and then all those things came together from thought to word. And it was like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. What am I talking about? And there were certain certain problems I had in my head. But once I spoke them out into existence, I found a way to resolve them. All of a sudden, I started to create this other kind of alchemic conversation. Now, all of a sudden, it's out there into the world. And, and now I'm able to almost see it because I said it. I spoke it out. So hear your family out. Who else are you going to tell? Are you going to go on online forums and argue with strangers? Is that what you're going to do? You're going to go on this site and that site and this page and that page and, and talk to your friends and your family. Oh, yeah, I was in this comment section and I was letting this perfect stranger have it. That's what we're going to do. Meanwhile, we have our loved ones, the people who share our bloodline, our lineage, our names, our family tree, our traditions. We're not willing to have that argument and that conversation with them, but we're willing to have it with total strangers. I know it's difficult to have these conversations with the family because it's family. And when a family member and someone you love and care for cuts you, it cuts deeper than when a stranger does it. Obviously, I know that personally. I get it. However, I'm telling you, listen to me when I say this. Now more than ever, you got to love thy family member. Because I guess for many of you out there, you're seeing how antagonistic the world can be. 
there are people out there that think that if you are if you are not jabbed, you shouldn't be treated at a hospital no matter what you're going through. Okay. For some that is so offensive. I have a friend of mine. Listen to me. I have a friend of mine whose aunt said that. This was their favorite aunt said that to them. My friend has chosen not to be vaccinated. They are not Trumpers or Quananers or January Sixers or prone to conspiracy theories or, you know, was watching some sort of um, Black History Month and learned about the Tuskegee experiments and decided to abstain. See, that's the thing. Everyone who's decided not to do certain things have been have been put in certain categories. But then what do you do when it's a nurse or a doctor or a scientist that has decided not to do it? You don't know what category to put them in, right? What if they're on the left? Uh-oh. What does the left say? Oh, they're prone to left-wing conspiracies. And if it's someone on the right does it, doesn't do it or they're prone to right-wing conspiracies you can't win and people who think in these binaries you can't listen understand that that's binary thought smile and understand that these people need to put things in specific boxes for them to function and that's what they need but people who listen to this show don't need things in boxes we make up our own minds. So if you need me to be some left-wing nut as to the reason why I'm speaking hypothetically, but if you need that person to be a left-wing nut uh, to, to, to explain why they vote left but yet decided to abstain, or if you need that person to be a Quanoner, Trumper, January 6th rioter that to, to make it make sense why they abstained, then that's something you're going to have to work out on your own time because it's many things in life as we said are more nuanced than that so going back to my friend their aunt said that anyone who shows up at a hospital with a medical emergency and is not vaccinated should not be treated my friend has not been vaccinated my friend feels almost mortally wounded from this this is the favorite aunt this they love this aunt more that dare i say as much as they love their own mother okay this aunt spoiled this person. This aunt was the, the main babysitter of this person growing up. This aunt took this person on trips. This, this aunt bought this person a car for high school graduation. Wasn't the mom or the dad. It was the auntie that said, for you, big bow on the top of the car, pulled up in the driveway, bong, brand new. <laughs> This is the aunt. They're inseparable. And they look alike, too. And they look a lot alike. They called me not in tears, but disturbed. And this is the aunt that, they, that this person spends the most vacation, I'm sorry, uh, 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 va uh, holiday vacation time with. So around this, the Novembers and the Decembers, spend a lot of time with this aunt. Sometimes they plan trips. This year they weren't going to plan a trip. They were going to just keep it staycationing, you know, somewhere in the States and just chill. But they've gone to Greece for Christmas and things like that, you know, just gr great trips, awesome trips. They're not doing that. And now my friends are saying, I don't want to see my aunt for the holidays. I was like, oh, no, you're going to go see your aunt for your holidays because that's your favorite aunt. 
what else are you going to do? No, I, I think I need a new tradition. I, I need new friends. I need new things. You know, these things that are going now, going on now are showing me people's true colors and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's what's going on. I'm like, okay. So I said, so what are you going to do? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I, I just don't know. I don't know. Because I usually, that's my favorite thing is hanging out with her, but we're not, we're not the same. How could you say that? How could she say that? How could she say that? Blah, 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 blah. I'm not saying blah, blah, blah to dismiss. I'm just saying it was a long conversation. And I'm listening intently, attentively. And I'm saying to myself, wow. <clears throat> I said, I think you should speak to her about it. Because it's your favorite aunt. Specifically because it's your favorite aunt. For that reason and that reason alone. Because this is one of your favorite, if not your favorite person on earth. Minus your, um, excluding your parents. I think for that reason. You should say, you know what, or maybe even have a conversation beforehand so it doesn't um, interrupt the digestive system <laughs> during the holiday season at the table. Because me, I'm good for interrupting digestive systems at the, at the table because my system doesn't get, you know, uh, 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 disturbed. I'm going to say what it is. And I'll let you hold the bag because growing up, I internalized a lot of stuff that I saw. And so I made up my mind as I got older that I was just going to give you just give it to you. I'm going to let you hold this bag of coal is my one of my favorite sayings. I'm going to let you hold this bag of coal. I'm not holding it. I'm not taking that home. You deal with it. You brought it. You brought it up. So now we're going to go there. So that's me. That's me. But that's not everybody, you know, so I don't mind being that guy. You know what I mean? At the dinner table. I am that guy, you know, so but I also can be the guy that can smile it off and go, well, you know, and I could play that game if I so choose. It all depends on which side of my personality I decide to employ. This is about control. This is about controlling your own emotions and your intellect and understanding. These people are still important to you. You don't have to agree on every single last thing. There may be some things that you are so opposed to that you feel as if I can't speak to this person again. You may be wrong in that regard. The world can be a hostile, hostile place or can be a peaceful place. It is important that we find a way to come to a common accord with those that we love the most and that love us the most. You understand what I'm saying out there? For many people out there who have decided to abstain from certain mandates and do certain things and want to do things their own way, they're realizing they're, they're feeling left out in the cold. And winter is coming. The temperatures are dropping in many parts of this country. Winter is coming. If you thought the world was cold when you, when you, when you received mandates and ultimatums in the fall, Wait till those mandates and ultimatums are executed this winter and you find yourself without employment. And you find yourself needing the leftovers from that holiday meal, not just wanting them, but just saying to yourself, whoa, I kind of need that. <laughs> it's real out there. You're realizing you're in a do this or else do as I say dynamic and you don't like it very much, do you? And you're realizing that certain family members and friends and people that you were, you were close to are agreeing and subscribing to these mantras. And it hurts. So I'm saying to you, one, you have to find a community that agrees with you. And two, the community of people that are your loved ones, your family members, the closest people, the people you grew up with, you have to 
confront and say, hey, listen, um, have you thought about this? You don't have to tell them how hurt you are by what, you, by what they said. Come up with a better argument. That's what I'm telling you. You don't have to say, hey, listen, I was very hurt by what you said because of such and such and such and such. And such. No, no, don't do that. I, I personally wouldn't do that. I'd never do that. I never tell people how offended I am by, by the things that they say. I just come up with a better counter argument. I'm a counterpuncher. That's why I like, like in, in, the, in the tradition of a Floyd Mayweather. When I fight, I'm very offensive. But when I speak, I'm a counterer. I'll let you say all the things you want to say. Go ahead, get it all out. Get all your philosophies out. Quote who you want to quote. Get your dates, times, and rhymes all together. Fine, let's go. And I could be diametrically opposed and I will keep my emotions out of it and I will employ as much of my intellect as I possibly can. I'm fact-based, not faith-based, man. I don't have, you know, no matter how much of these things have to do with all of the existentials that are existing, that, that we go through, our food, our clothing, our shelters is affected, our health, our, our, our idea of ourselves. All of these things are being, I don't want to say threatened, but are, are at play. And so it's very difficult to suspend your emotions. But suspend your emotions, you must. You have to think as pragmatically as the people that are mandy. I'm not saying pragmatically because I feel that uh, many of our leaders are acting extremely irrational, but and, and our business people and, and certain communities are being irrational. So then it's up to you now to say, I need my community. It's up to you now to be practical. I need these people. That hyper-individualism is not serving you right now as far as I agree with everyone's uh, a choice to either do something or not do something. But understand, as of right now, with people telling you how you need to fly and what you need to put in your body to keep your job, you're going to have, you're going to need the village a little bit more now. You're not going through this alone. I am imploring you to search out for these people in your communities that agree with you. And then on top of that, during this holiday season, regardless if someone is still waiting for Donald Trump to be a 90 year old president in 2024 or whatever, an 80 year old president, you're still waiting on and you don't agree with that. Or if you're someone who is a Trumper and you're just upset at this whole Joseph R. Biden, Kamala Harris dynamic, I don't care. I don't care because guess what's going to happen in four years or eight years. These people are not going to be around. That's still going to be your family. Everybody thought about that. Huh? We're sitting around screaming and arguing about two 78, 80 year old old men who may not even be around tomorrow. And yet we have family members that are, don't want to even sit at the table and eat and chew with their mouths closed next to each other and get all that free food because of these, because of this, because of these mediocre, I'm sorry, I have to say it, mediocre individuals. I got to say it. I got to call them that. Why not? You remember what I said. You remember what we spoke about, Alex de Tocqueville and what he said in Democracy in America, that book, when he said, I do not know if the people of the United States would vote for superior men if they ran for office, but there can be no doubt that such men do not run. We are not governed by superior men. We are not governed by superior individuals. Politics is power. Power attracts the worst and corrupts the best. It's that simple. It's extremely difficult. Listen to me. This is what I, I'm not saying I came up with it, but... 
I think I did, but maybe I didn't. But I think it's extremely difficult, dare I say impossible, to be a good person, a good public servant, and a good politician simultaneously. Just saying. Because I'm still waiting. There, there have been certain people that have said, you know, they, I think it's, I'm not saying impossible, but it's extremely difficult to be a good person, a good public servant, and a good politician. Public servant and politician are not interchangeable. You can be a politician and not hold public office. You just understand the machinations of politics and you work in a political realm. But it doesn't necessarily mean you've been elected to a public office. Some people say that if you're in politics, you are serving the public good. The, the, you're a public servant. That's not necessarily true. It all depends on what kind of political system that you have. There are certain political systems on this planet where the government feels that the people work for them, not the other way around. You have dictatorial dynamics that exist. Monarchical dynamics that still exist, right? where they feel that the people are just subjects in their court still to this day. So politician, public servant is not interchangeable. If you are in, a, in more parliamentarian and democratic systems like us, like the United States, then because we, because we elect and select and these people are paid for by our tax dollars, these people are compensated due to our tax dollars, guess what? Now we consider them public servants. So politician, public servant is not interchangeable. However, good person, public serv good person, good public servant, and good politician simultaneously, very difficult. So please don't get so wrapped up in these archetypes that we've elected. They're not superior men and women. They're not. We have yet to elect the best of us. Says a lot about who we are as people, but that's another conversation. But maybe it's not another conversation. Because the, the people that we're arguing with at our dinner table are the people that have looked out for us. Looked out for us in ways that your favorite politician has not. Okay? Probably the people that you're in disagreement with are, more su are superior in intellect and in character and in morality than the people you are defending in the public sphere. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Just saying, because the idea of personally, me personally, and this is just my humble opinion, for me to sit at a dinner table arguing over a Donald J. Trump or a Joseph R. Biden would probably be the most absurd thing I've done, would be the most absurd thing. If I were to take the time out to argue with a family member with passion and vigilance over which one is better. <laughs> I've argued. I've had discussions about which one I would prefer if a gun was put to my head. I did not vote for either. I've had discussion who I would choose if I was forced to. But when you keep or continue to choose the lesser of two evils, all you are doing is introducing evil. When you are going to when are you going to choose something better or good or great or at least average? Everyone keeps saying that they're choosing from the lessers of two evils. Wait a minute. What kind of demo democracy is that? Huh? 
It's like choosing between venereal diseases. Eh, this one will give you the this, and this one will give you that. Eh, maybe this one, you know, symptoms last two weeks. This one lasts one week. Or what are you talking about? And you're going to spend time in your leisure arguing which one of these people are less morally compromised? Which one of them are, are a little bit more competent than the other? So we're just varying degrees of incompetence to a certain degree. That's how I see it. In my humble opinion, the idea of arguing over these two people or these political parties and who represents most of our states, governors, senators, they're absurd. They're, they're absurd. They're caricatures. But then I ask myself, if we live in a democracy and we vote these people in most of the time or this republic that we live in, but we, the majority of the people have to vote these people into office and the majority of the people have spoken, then this is what our country actually is. As the old saying goes, in a democracy, you get the leadership you deserve. You wanted them. You got them. This is who we are then. So maybe you deserve to be at the dinner table screaming at your relatives over a Donald J or a Joseph R. As absurd as that may sound to, to me. Maybe it doesn't sound so absurd to you. Okay. With all due respect to your choices. Okay. I'm just saying I've come across infinitely better human beings in my life than those two that were more fit to run for office and to run our country and to run our states and country that would be better representations of who I think we are, of at least of our ideals, maybe who we may not be these things in practice, but these people are at least, they actually in real life represent the idealized version of who we are. I know people like this. I know people like this personally and from a, from a, from an intellectual perspective or from um, conversely, people that I've read that are that are with us, our contemporaries, people that are in academia, some of a couple of them, people that are in the activist sphere. And I'm like, you know what, that person, I like that person. Some people that are um, in the political sphere as well, but somehow, some way don't get enough of our votes to translate to the larger body politic. So the idea in these tumultuous times in these uncertain times, I think this is the time for those of us that are sitting at the kitchen table together and the dining room table together. I think it's time for people to get together and to appreciate the fact that the person sitting across from you or next to you may be you may be completely opposed to what they're thinking in their belief system and vice versa. But you're going to have to love those people at that table. OK, because um. Winter is coming. It's cold out there. And you're going to need your community and your village more than ever. Some of those people in that village you may not agree with. And some of them you will. But understand that that's where we are right now. Just wanted to have that little free floating rant for you guys. But um, <laughs> like we spoke about earlier in this episode in the beginning, please rate, review, subscribe. Go to Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever, however you go, find podcasts and rate the show. Give it the star ratings. Give it a nice little review, um, whether it's on um, Apple or Spotify or Google Podcasts or Audible, whatever. How, wh whatever platform you're using, definitely leave us a review. And 
We'll talk soon. Till we meet again. Bye-bye.